We all know that a movie can be good and bad at the same time. And then there are movies that are so gloriously bizarre and convoluted that I I can't help but love them. So yeah, if you you already know what I'm talking about if you looked at the name of this episode, we finally sat down to watch Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. And it was glorious and a train wreck and wonderful and terrible all at the same time. And I'd like to talk about it on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today's episode has a good chance of being spooky. But not because of the topic, but because while I was setting up, it decided to storm outside a little bit. But so far I have not heard any thunder, but you might during the course of this. So, yay. <laughs> that's a thing that's going to happen. Okay, so Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn is a movie that should have been called Harley Quinn and the Fantabulous Coming Together of the Birds of Prey. For a lot of reasons. One, the Birds of Prey are very minor characters in this story, and as a group, they only come together at the end. I know that may seem like a spoiler, but it... It shouldn't be. It should be something that they're very upfront about, because I expect if you're telling me a Birds of Prey story, I, I'm so done with origin stories that I would have hoped that we would have just had the Birds of Prey, but we don't. And yeah, so yeah, it's an origin story movie, which I already knew going into it because I watched all the reviews and stuff to see if I even cared, but... I wish they'd not done that. I, I think the story would have been a lot more interesting if the Birds of Prey, at least in some way, shape, or form, would have pre-existed this story. It, it would have, especially Montoya's storyline, it, it, I'm sorry, Reyes' storyline, it would have, it would, uh, yeah. Yeah, it would have fixed some of the problems this movie has. In, in a lot of ways... They filmed three distinct, three, yeah, we'll go, we'll go with three distinct movies, and then edited them together with narration from Margot Robbie's gloriously deranged Harley Quinn. And Harley is one of my favorite DC characters. She has been since I first saw her back on Batman, the Batman animated series, where she debuted. And Margot Robbie does a really good job playing Harley Quinn, and I like that they actually let her play Harley Quinn in a way that she didn't get to in Suicide Squad, even though there is a uh, oblique reference to Suicide Squad in the middle of this movie. But yeah, okay, so there's that. Um, the the, the casting was fine. I I, I have no. Nothing bad to say about the casting. 
I, I, uh, Ewan McGregor. I, I, I've had a soft spot in my heart for Ewan McGregor for a very long time. And he is fantabulously awful in this movie. And I don't mean like he's a bad at acting or delivering his lines. He's, he's, he's spot on and perfect with them. I mean, the character that he plays is a, a horrible garbage fire of a person. And in a lot of ways, how I feel that a lot of billionaire heirs and heiresses are in real life. At least the way they they come off on social media and when they do interviews, the, the, the sheer level of self-entitlement and lack of understanding about how the world works, having lackeys that take care of every little thing for him. Oh, Ewan, Ewan, you, you made this movie amazing. You and Margot Robbie really stole the movie. Now, having said that, I, I have nothing bad to say about any of the other actors. They they were they were good. They they played the parts that they were given well. And I, I have I have nothing bad to say about them. They Rosie Perez was fine and everybody else was fine. But it it, it the way it all came together to make for a finished movie was such a glorious kaleidoscopic mess that I wish it had been messier. There's a scene that I, I don't think I can talk about until we get into spoilers. So I'm going to hold off just a little bit. That really shows the potential that this movie had. And I wish it had gone there. And like with everything in the DC live action movie world, you just see them holding back and not allowing the characters to be the characters. And that hampers the success of their films. Batman is the world's greatest detective. So let him be the world's greatest detective. Superman is a giant space boy scout. Just let him be a giant space boy scout. You know, just, these characters have a core identity that has made them popular for decades. And we're probably getting close. Well, we're not that far away from the century mark, at least for Superman and the earliest of the superheroes. And see, that's what made Shazam work. They just let Billy Batson be Billy Batson, and it worked. It worked really, really well. And to this day, is still probably my favorite of the DCEU movies, just because it worked. It was darker than it needed to be, but that's the effects of having Zack Snyder in on the initial conceptualization, but it was fine. This movie, thank goodness, did not go into the bizarre darkness that it really could have. And you could feel it straining against it to try to go into the wacky world that you would expect Harley Quinn to live in. And it gets close. And I probably would have had different feelings about this movie had I watched it prior to the Harley Quinn TV series. Because they let the TV series just be Harley Quinn and the madcap craziness that is Harley Quinn. And so seeing it 
get pulled off really well with Kaylee Cuoco, of all people, playing Harley Quinn. Yeah, I expected... It made me expect more of this show, this movie, than it really could have delivered. Because, you know, Harley Quinn was originally intended for a very niche audience of comic book fans, and the Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn was intended for a mass audience appeal. So you got to water it down. You got to keep it from going too crazy. And that, that in and of itself is the saddest part of it. It gets so close and has some scenes that are utter perfection, but the restraint that it has where we have to keep pulling back to reality. We have to keep pulling back to reality. It doesn't have to keep pulling back to reality. It, it's it's Harley's story. And they make that very clear. Harley is telling us the story. And so we don't have to see what actually happened at all. She is our narrator. When we meet new characters, she does that classic, oh, wait, I should have introduced this person better. One sec. And then hops backwards in time and gives us some backstory and then goes forward. So since the entire story is literally told from the point of view of Harley Quinn, it's not just implied in the way it's shot, but because you know, she literally narrates the movie and tells the movie and disrupts the continuity of the film to put in her own asides and backstories and what have you for everything it really could have been a lot more special because when they let Harley shine as a character, she is glorious and she is wonderful. And honestly, I want an entire spinoff just about her time as a jammer in a roller derby league because I love roller derby. I love Harley Quinn. I, I would watch nothing but Har Harley Quinn does roller derby because that would be hilariously amazing. It would be the movie that, uh, what was that movie? Rollerball? Or, you know, the one I'm talking about where it's roller derby, but to the death. Uh, it, it, it would be the movie that that wanted to be. All in all, if you're willing to suspend your disbelief and just have fun with crazy madcap violence for an hour and a half, this is definitely the movie for you. It is silly, it is wacky, it, it has some heartfelt moments in it, kinda-ish, in the way that only a Harley Quinn movie could have. And yeah, it, it, I enjoyed it. This, this is one of the few films that they've made, that the DC, DC characters have been in, that I can truly say is better than just fine. It's pretty good. Not great, but it's pretty good. Now it is time to enter the spoiler zone. If you have not seen The Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, and you do not want to know anything that happens in the course of the movie, go watch it, come back, we'll talk. All right? Spoilers are incoming in five, four, three, two, one. You have been warned. Okay, so there's a wonderful scene in the movie where uh, Black Mask is basically smacking Harley around, and we get this, like, 
insanely wonderful pantsuited jumper jumpsuit reworking dubstep version of Marilyn Monroe's Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend that should have been the way the whole movie was. <laughs> it really should have. That was one of those mo moments that happens that just showed the promise that this film had. Like when she's stabbing the one guy, when she can only move her arm, and she just keeps stabbing the one guy over and over again with the syringe, because she's slowly getting access to her body back, and she just stab, 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 stab. Everybody freeze. Stab. Th those two moments to me were the most Harley Quinn of the entire thing. I loved her like being just completely wacky and insane and then like really flashing that, oh yeah, I am a doctor of psychiatry and here I'm just going to read you really quickly by explaining exactly how boring you are from a psychological point of view and then move on. I, I like that. It was good. You know, changing the backstories of every other of every character in the thing, whatever it's DC, they do that all the time. <sighs> With a few exceptions, you know, such as you know, Superman has to come from Krypton, Batman has to have dead parents, and I don't want anyone to ever do the why have why did you say that name thing ever again. I don't have a lot of <laughs> rules on DC characters and their backstories. You know, except for when we get to the Green Lanterns, but that's a whole other issue now, isn't it? So having said that, the, the wackiness that this movie could have had and does have from time to time falls apart when it just decides to, oh, we're just going to be a crime movie. Oh, we're just going to be an action movie. Because if it really wanted to do itself justice, it should have completely shifted gears several times and just completely changed genre and been weird and wacky for the sake of being weird and wacky because it's Harley Quinn. Like when she actually gets Cassandra Kane, that was fun. But why didn't that just become like a weird breakfast club thing or a clueless thing or, you know, just go off into some kind of weird legally blonde type, you know, best friend story. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it had the potential. It could have gone that way. And then we could have seen the dangers and the threats from that point of view and that perspective. And it would have been really funny because it would have been hard for us to have a firm idea of who black mask is, who black canary is, who any of these other characters are, because we keep seeing them through kind of the lens of different genres, like that would have been really, really, really funny. You know, because we could have done the whole action movie moment and we could have had the, you know, like it would have been so funny if it would have become like Lady Die Hard at the end or what have you. Or gone really more for a Harley Quinn's version of Enter the Dragon when they're going through the, the, the fun house at the end. Because that had some beautifully fun moments where everybody's bouncing, bouncing around on the on the tongues of the thingy of the weird disembodied heads. That was hilarious and that was funny. And Harley suddenly having skates on. And how did she have time to change shoes? 
Like it, it was funny and it worked and it made the movie special. But every time it veered into just being an action movie or just being, you know, a, a regular film, that's to me where it, it kind of fell apart. Because, okay, fine, we're going to give Harley an emotional arc. I have nothing against her having an emotional arc, but it should have been done in a way that felt like something intrinsic to the character of Harley Quinn. Instead, we got moments that felt like they could have been inserted in most films. And then moments that didn't, like the way they kill Black Mask at the end, you know, I stole your ring and you're, she realizes, oh my goodness, that's a grenade pin. And she's, you know, Cassandra had stuffed the grenade down Black Mask's trousers and they kick him off the pier and he blows up into pieces and you get to watch pieces of him fly in different directions. That was funny. And it should have been funny because it's, it's Harley Quinn telling the story and she sees everything as absurd and ridiculous. I just... Uh, like, why it couldn't, couldn't become a sitcom when she went home? And really played up on the idea of it being a sitcom. I don't understand. Because we introduce the strange father figure. We have her and her and Cassandra and Bruce. Like... Uh, take advantage of the wacky broken nature of Harley's brain in ways that aren't just odd side moments. They, they could have done more. They could have, they really could have done more. Having said that, the music is another problem that I have with this movie in that, yes, I, I like the way a lot of it worked. Um, especially at the very beginning, it worked really, really well with, I, Joan Jett's I hate myself for loving you and all that. But at times it just felt like we need a song with a female lead singer and like Barracuda. Barracuda didn't work. It's just you needed to have a uh, song from heart. But it, and you picked Barracuda because, you know, it, it's, it's a faster song by heart because it would have felt maybe awkward if you didn't have a song by them with all the you know strong female voices that you did have throughout the movie. The holding out for a hero, you know, could have been plopped in there at some point. There are a lot of other weird songs that you could have picked that would have done what I hate myself for loving you did. It showed this juxtaposition and internal conflict in a way that added to the story and really worked because she was upset because she and the Joker broke up, but nobody knew that. And she was still relying on everybody thinking that they were together. So yeah, DC actually do music, <laughs> make the music matter and stop trying to like trip nostalgia bombs. Cause you know, or just go so hard for it. Like, what at that moment when she just kind of loses it and that everything seems dark and it's all falling apart. Why didn't you just get a female version of mad world to play there? Because it would have been so, you know, or everybody hurts or something like that. Cause you did do some covers like that throughout the course of the movie, but make one that would have been so just tongue in cheek over the top on the nose something that Harley probably would have had in the back of her head. Why didn't you do that? 
So with all the missed opportunities that this film had to really like deliver the promise of its premise, I think it still does in a lot of ways. Marco Robbie really does steal the show. I, I don't care if there are any more Birds of Prey movies. The Huntress character has a little bit of interest built into her at the very end, but I don't care about this Black Canary. I don't care about any of the other characters, to be honest. I don't. Like they, they finally have a moment that's kind of funny in character building with Huntress at the end. Okay. But I, I don't care. More Harley Quinn movies? I'm down. The Birds of Prey. And it's not because the Birds of Prey are inherently uninteresting. They really could and should have been a lot more interesting than they are in this film. But because they're such background characters, because Harley does steal the show. Mm. It, you'd have to almost do an origin movie for them just to give us an idea of who they are because they can't be the characters that they are in this movie just because we're seeing them through Harley's point of view. And yeah, yeah. Anywho, I enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it, if you like this sort of thing, definitely give it a try. It was fine. It was good. I liked it. Alrighty. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, let me know. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean. I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a buck you can throw my way, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to both listener support and my Patreon. Just a reminder, listener support is um, waiving their processing fees until September because of the pandemic. So more of your money will come my way. Thank you to everybody who already does that. It means the world to me. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you know anybody that would like anything that I do, please share it with them. That means a lot as well. It means a lot more than you know, because this is ads and whatnot that I have to run. Alrighty, I guess that's it. Well, until next time, stay well, stay safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.